0: This is The Art of the Hookup, your straightforward guide to a successful sex life. I'm Georgie Wolfe, an Aussie escort and total hookup enthusiast. Welcome to episode 26. Threesomes, triads, dating as a couple, what's it like? If you're in an open relationship, you might be keen to bring your significant other along on your hookup adventures. This time around, Imogen and Andy from The Inner Winner Show are joining us to share their experiences with hooking up as a couple. Before we get started, just a reminder that this podcast is adults only, and with that said, let's get into it. Hi, this is Georgie here. I'm a writer, sexual adventurer, and independent escort from Melbourne, Australia. My mission is to talk honestly about all the stuff you need to know to have a great hookup, and by that I mean finding the people who write for you, negotiating amazing sex, and walking away feeling good about yourself. There's a saying in the alternative sex scene, couples that play together stay together. Obviously, that might not always be true, but dating or hooking up as a couple definitely works for some people. Today, you have the chance to hear two sides of the story. My guests on this episode are Imogen and Andy from The Inner Winner Show. Before we get into the good stuff, it might be worth mentioning that Andy and I sometimes talk about sex and dating a bit differently. If you check out his podcast or blog and find something that doesn't sound like the advice I'd give, keep in mind that we each have our own audiences and our own ways of reaching those audiences to make things better for everyone. So let's get back to today's topic. When it comes to threesomes, I've had quite a few adventures with couples. It's something I really enjoy. And I'm joined by Imogen and Andy who love picking up together. I'm really looking forward to comparing notes, finding out how they work as a team, and exploring what we all need to have a good experience. Hey folks, how are you going? Pretty good after
1: that incredibly professional introduction <laughs> that puts my own podcast to shame. So
0: Did did you like my professional vote? Professional persona voice? I do. I enjoy doing it. <laughs> it's amazing. But honestly though. I've really been enjoying your podcast, so the Inner Winner Show, you are where you guys really kinda like dissect everything about sex. You cover a huge range of stuff. Um before I get into what I like about um about all your stuff, because I could rant about that for a while, like would you mind just telling us quickly each, like introducing yourselves and giving us like a one-liner of who you are and kind of what you're about?
1: Sure, we'll start with the cutest person. <laughs>
2: My name's Imogen or Emmy. Um, I've been with Andy for three years now. I guess I'd say I'm bisexual. I never really label it as that. It always sounds weird when I say that. Um, but we meet girls together. I mean, in my free time, I'm an artist. I do that freelance. Um, and I guess our relationship or journey together has really been about exploring what we both like and finding something that works together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm, and I'm the person who interrupts other people, otherwise known as Andy. I never mean to do it. So I'm obviously in a relationship with Imogen as well. It does take two people to be in a relationship. I also run a podcast, which you just mentioned, which I really appreciate. I had you on my podcast the other day, so that'll be out soon. And that was an amazing interview. And I guess we talk mostly about like sex, but self-improvement, um, building a better life, being on the same team as your partner, you know, building something together, all those sort of topics, yeah. Yeah, a lot of similar topics to what you talk about.
0: It's really cool to listen to both of you talk about relationships in the context of also talking about um, sex because, Andy, you coach people on, um, on sex and stuff like that, but then you, the way that you guys work together just fits really neatly into um, how you feel about having a great sex life and stuff like that. Not to say that's the only aspect to your relationship, but I love that you're so honest about how it works for both of you. Um, can I get the story? This is my favourite bit. Maybe, Imi, like if you'd like to tell us the story of how you guys met, like feel free to just get as sugary as you, as you want.
1: <laughs> you have to leave in the embarrassing details. Oh. You have to because those are the be- – I love those ones.
0: Sugary is definitely
2: not the word <laughs> I would <laughs> use. Um, at the time, um, so I was – 18. I was only really just exploring the whole casual sex thing. So met on Tinder. Um, I was probably admittedly a bit of a train wreck at that point in my life. I was just a very, it's really funny actually looking back. We actually say it sometimes that I've changed a lot over the last couple of years because I was a very, very nervous, very anxious person. So mm-hmm. when I met Andy, I was, I think neurotically texting him for the 24 hours leading up to it, just saying I was Nervous, and anxious, and so I had a couple of drinks to help calm myself We've down. been there. <laughs> yeah, in the lead up. Um, just because initially when I would meet people, I really, really struggled to just relax, and I found that I used alcohol as a buffer to just, like, let go of some of that tension. Mm. Um, obviously not at all the case anymore. Um, so... <laughs> I'm not sure how many of the details to leave in, but we ended up Put in the good
1: details. No, don't skip the (laughs) good stuff. You met met after getting lost.
2: (laughs) You gave bad directions. And as soon as
1: I walked up, I was like, oh, this girl's cute. And then like you just grabbed onto me, latched onto me, buried your head in my shoulder. Like this is the first second we've just met. Grabbed my arm and buried your head into my shoulder. And you're like, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm so
0: nervous. Oh my God. I love that. I love admitting you're nervous on the first date. That's how I got with my (laughs) current partner. I walked in. I sat down. I I went my first date's nerve-wracking and he went oh my god they so are and that was it we're done
1: (laughs) so what happened you had that in a recent article yeah I I remember reading that I do the same thing and I I coach all all the guys that I coach I say the same thing if you're nervous just freaking say I'm really nervous and half the time the other person will say yeah I'm nervous too okay cool now we're both nervous together this isn't like you versus me now we're on the same team
0: and how was that once you did get it off your chest Imogen
2: I mean, I think I was still a little bit like anxious about it all, but it definitely helped. And I think, because you offered out your arm, that's why I kind of like latched on. I was like, don't blame to- <laughs> me. Something to grab onto. And I mean, from that point, I was still probably a little bit neurotic. But once I finally like got back to Andy's place and calmed down a bit, I had a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> You're skipping the best bits.
2: <laughs> the best bits
1: <sighs> on the couch.
2: You tell this bit
0: to me. Oh, so we were sitting on the so you guys were meeting up for a hookup date, right? From, mm-hmm. I'm guessing from the context. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, sorry. Um, so yeah, we were it was the intention was something very, very casual at the start. So we went back to Andy's apartment and we sat on his couch and we were just sitting there talking because I was so nervous. I think he picked up that we probably wanted to meet a calm down a little bit first.
1: She was like not in a good place. I I don't think she should have had sex at that point, but she kept trying to push it towards sex, almost to like get over the nervousness. Yeah. And so I slowed it down. I was like, Yo, just chill for like half a second. We'll have sex in a little bit, but like, cause you just like,
2: for, cause from my perspective, the scary part was the everything leading up to the sex. It's like once you get into it, it's fine yeah. and you can relax. It's almost like public speaking. Oh my god. Like everything leading up to it is like oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and then when when you start speaking it's like everything's okay. Right. Like that's when you kind of let
0: go. So that's how I felt about it. When you're in the it moment, all. it's okay. But everything before yeah. that is when you have time to worry, having the conversation. Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 Um. So we sat on. <laughs> Andy's, sorry, I'm giggling a lot because it's not the most flattering story. But I think because I was really nervous, I got like quite hot because I was like it was winter and I was like rugged up. And so I kind of just like started undressing, not in like a like a sexy, seductive sort of way. It was just like- She just
1: ripped her clothes off saying, oh my God, I'm just- <laughs> No, it was like she ripped her shirt off and she's sitting there in her and She's like, I'm so sweaty. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that I'm so sweaty. And I was like, it's fine. Just like chill out. And at this point in my mind, I was like, we're probably not even going to have sex, are we? Like, this is just going to be like, I'm going to talk to her and make her feel better. We'll hang out for Stress a bit fest. and then I don't even know. It
0: happens.
2: Yeah. Andy was being very sweet. And it's- <laughs> at some point I was like you're being really nice. And then we started off with like a bit of foreplay. And then I was like, I should do something nice for you. <laughs> and at some point there was the offer to clean his apartment because oh my that's God. what
0: slightly before him.
1: we've had sex, <laughs> just mean, because I'm mean, being some nice. Some people
0: are into that, right? You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, I know, a, I know, that's a pretty decent kink. Hey, <laughs> it's not my that's... kink. Domestic servitude will never be my kink. It's on the bucket list. <laughs> that's on her bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> that's on her bucket list. Um.
2: And yeah, eventually, like after all of that kind of awkward, unflattering stuff, we kind of got into it after that, like bit the bullet and got going. And then I obviously became a bit less neurotic. (laughs) A big part of the reason why I did continue to keep seeing Andy was because he was so nice. (laughs) and just like sweet after sex and, you know, there was just talking and we hung out for a bit and then he walked me back home. I know that doesn't mm-hmm. sound like much,
0: but... It's pretty neat. On
1: Tinder, that's, like, reasonably <laughs> yeah, yeah. rare. Yeah, They're not it's pulling their pants rare. on and
0: running out the fucking door. Yeah, yeah. 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 Did, mm-hmm. This personal question, um, what was it like? Like, did you know that Andy was um, wanting an open relationship? Like, had you guys talked about that stuff when you started hanging out? Or were you guys monogamous and did you shift into being open later? Um,
2: so, yeah, we definitely started off with everything being open i think when i started off on tinder as well because i'd really just started i was quite i guess maybe naive or uneducated about it all my assumption was that everybody like nobody was committed like tinder wasn't like it's the hookup app. so there was you know like zero commitment zero expectation um so when andy was like yeah like i i'm seeing other people i was like yeah of course, course. like i am too hmm. um but from there i mean if we're talking about how everything evolved It did start off with everything being super casual. We're both seeing other people. Um, And then we did start, I think, quite quickly into having met each other, seeing other people together. But it was more like three independent parties coming together and just having fun. Um, But then I guess as things got a little bit more involved and I guess we became emotionally attached to each other, it wasn't necessarily expected and I think from there it more became a thing that we did together and it it Mm. did take quite a long time like this was an evolution over a couple of years where Mm -hmm. things were really casual for a while it was Andy meeting girls on his own that he'd met and then he would kind of introduce them to me and then we'd see them together um, to the point where it is now where we actively seek out I guess girls to meet together as a couple.
1: Yeah, and there, it was a big process of, like, figuring out boundaries as well because right. if it doesn't come across here, when I first met you, you had, like, no boundaries. Yeah. Like, like you were figuring yourself out, you know, we'll leave out all the messy details. Again, we've but all like, been there, was there a lot right? Of,
0: like, this is so such yeah, a relatable sure. thing, especially starting out and being like, I don't know what I like. I don't know what's okay.
1: Yeah, and, and not knowing, you didn't know how to how to speak up. You had a big fear of, like, disappointing me. Mm-hmm. And so I had to kind of, it took probably, like, a year, maybe a little longer to, like, get you to work up the courage. And it was a lot of conversations. It was a lot of mentoring and saying like, you have to tell me if you don't want something, like I have to, I have to be able to trust you. You, Georgie, you and I talked about this when you came on my podcast, you need to be able to trust that the person in the more like submissive position, so to speak, if you have that kind of dynamic can speak up. Mm. Cause otherwise I can't trust it's you. Unsafe. I can't trust that. Yeah. I feel unsafe. Like, and that was very much a, a process for a lot of our relationship early on. Like She would figure out or she would be figuring out her boundaries and and we kind of did that together and she'd figure out like, hey, wait, I think when you do this with another girl, that makes me feel like this and we'd we'd have to talk about it. We would talk about it over weeks or months and I'd say like, okay, what compromise can I make? What compromise am I I wanting to make? Because we both made it, it was a very big process of making sure that I didn't make compromises I wasn't okay with making and she didn't make compromises she wasn't okay right. with making because neither of us wanted to settle. Neither of us wanted to be unhappy because that leads to, like, bitterness. Five years down the track, you'll go, like, how come I can't sleep with women by myself right. or how come you can't do this? Yeah. Because if
0: you just had those conversations to begin with and gone, hey, actually, yeah. I'm not going to be okay with this or I suspect I'm not going to yes. be okay. It kind of sounds like coming into it you might have had, you might have been a bit more experienced with open relationships. Have you dated anyone else while you were open um, before? Or was it the first time for you as well? <laughs>
1: I had, but never really seriously. So yeah, it was always like super casual, like hookups and friends with benefits. So you'd see somewhere for a little bit. And you talk a lot like in your book and on your podcast about in the early days, a lot of us make like mistakes, so to speak, or we do actions that later on we go like, why did I do that? Why didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. And so early on, I would just not be upfront about being open. Now I would never lie. And if anyone ever said, are you seeing other people? I'd be like, yeah, of course I am. But I would like, I I thought that like the way you were supposed to do it is just kind of keep it on the down low. And like, she should just know she should figure it out. Like,
0: right? I, I hate don't that ask, shit. Don't yeah. tell.
1: Yeah, and I hate that stuff because it just leads to drama. But,
0: of course, we need to learn why that stuff doesn't work and why communicating doesn't work. At the time, we might be like, oh, this is all too hard. I'll just let them know that I'm seeing other people, but we'll never bring it up, and that way I won't rock the boat. And then you just realise what a giant shit explosion that can be down the track. (laughs) Yes,
1: because it builds up. It builds up. Like, you guys both get feelings for each other. And I say to Imogen all the time, it's more that the other person will have expectations And so if you don't have the conversation about, hey, we're going to be open, exactly. Mm. And the default expectation will be monogamy. Like if you don't talk and say, hey, by the way, I'm going to sleep with other people, most people will assume, hey, well, that means you're just going to see me. And so they're getting all these feelings, they're attaining, sorry, they're assigning like a lot of meaning or, or emotions to like every time you hang out, they're like, Oh wow, this is romantic. This is so nice. Like we're ha- they're having expectations of like, we're building something together. This is a monogamous relationship. This is beautiful. And you could be building something
0: I- together, but not be monogamous or maybe you just think it's a, yeah. a friend with benefits and you've got no idea what's going on in their head. And that's a dangerous situation, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. And people do this all the time, don't they? Where like one person is thinking, Oh, we're boyfriend, girlfriend. The other one is thinking like, no, we're just friends with benefits. And and you get this like I've weird like gap. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like maybe not all so of us, bad. but like enough of us have. Mm.
0: And then, of course, from the other coming from the other way, like you're talking about early open relationship mistakes, like classic ones that we all make when we're starting out. And I, I really love picking up couples. So this is something I've done a lot. I have a lot of threesomes. They're like my favorite, favorite thing in the world. But I have had threesomes with couples who are in the early stages of polyamory or of opening up their relationship. And we're doing some really bad stuff, really bad. Like mm. I remember I got picked up by two... Uh, women that were in a relationship and they were really lovely but then after we had the threesome they were like uh oh we've just decided that um oh that when we sleep with other people we can only do it once and then never again and I'm like oh wow that'd be a thing to mention before we slept no. together after. And, no.
1: and then they sent me a
0: message saying or one of them did saying oh we've just decided that we're not going to hang out with um anyone that we have had sex with you know, just for our relationship. And I'm like, Oh man. Okay. So now we're not friends anymore. Is that what you're telling me? Like I didn't sign up for this. And then I got a message from the other one going, Hey, do you want to hang out?
1: No. <laughs>
0: and then I just sort of dropped that entire, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, so it's kind of, it's kind of nice to know, uh, like we all do it right. Um, yeah. and it, it's kind of nice to see it from both angles, both when you're trying to work out a, an open relationship with your partner and then, also, the poor people that we run into when when you're in those early stages.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have a bad story. You don't have to go in crazy detail, but it basically mirrors yours. Like, mirrors yeah. yours, Georgie. Like- yeah,
2: at the like at the very start when I was um, when things were really casual. I actually after I would had like my first threesome with Andy, I went and met a couple who wanted a threesome because I was like, oh, I had a really good time like the first time, like this should be fun. But I think I think the couple they were a bit younger. Um, I guess my age, um, that was the first time they'd ever done it before. They didn't seem to have talked about it very much. I can't really, I don't have a lot of information from their side of things because they weren't exactly communicative, but at some point, like it was fine and it was fun. And we like started getting into it. Um, but at some point the guy just left. The room oh my
0: God. I've, I've seen that.
2: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I was just hanging out with the girl and we were, like, fooling around a little bit and kissing and whatever else. And then he kind of came back and put his clothes on and was just quiet. And then she went out and, like, spoke to him and they came back and she kind of tried to politely but awkwardly, like, wrap things up so and awkward. didn't really say yeah. anything to me. And I was like, what's happening? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know if he wasn't attracted to me or Freaking they thought it would out. be a nice... Yeah. yeah, like a nice idea in practice, and they're like, "Oh, this doesn't feel good," mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah. oh, sorry. Oh no, I was <laughs> just going to say, yeah, that, that was pretty much the end of the story. It kind of wrapped up there, and I was so like, so oh, awkward.
0: Oh my god, I mightn't do that again for a while. The worst, actually, we're going to focus on positive stuff in a minute, folks. It's not all bad. <laughs> but I will say that the most awkward situations I've been in are when I'm with a couple, and then suddenly one stops and goes, "Oh." oh, I'm not sure if I can do this, but you guys go on without me. No. And I've had yeah. this happen as a sex worker Um, when I see couples because I see a lot of couples and I've had it happen as a person. If if a partner, if you're banging a, a couple and one of them gets up and says go on without me, do not go on without them. I know. that
1: You're like traumatize each other. You right? will that's a traumatize red. You each other. You need to other.
0: fucking stop at that point. Yeah, I know, right, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna turn this around and let's do the happy stuff first, because there's a lot of great things oh. about threesomes and great things about hooking up, and I'd love to know your take on like what uh what's good about picking up together for you? Like what has it done for your relationship? What's what what are the bits that you like the most? Why is it a good thing for you guys?
1: I get a turn this time. <laughs> Normally I'm the one that never shuts yeah. up. <laughs> so I think It's definitely made us stronger as a couple for sure. Um, It was something that I said early on to her. I said, look, I'm never going to be monogamous. And I think we've discussed this. At this point, we're like a weird form of monogamy. So it's like close enough to monogamy. It's not like either of us sleep with other people without each other. Oh, so you don't.
0: You kind of only play together now. It's like you're kind of like you come as a package deal. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and I think that's something we both kind of wanted. You obviously wanted that, not from the very start, but you quickly figured out, I think this is one of my boundaries. It was, it was a process of figuring that out. And I myself started coming towards that as well. Like I would go and sleep with other girls without you there, and it would always start to – it started to feel like something was missing, like you're going to Disneyland by yourself. It's like oh. I wish someone else was here to enjoy this. And it became less fulfilling because – if you're in a committed relationship or a serious relationship, which we were by that stage, you're not really going to build something with someone else, or I didn't want to build something with someone else. So I wanted to keep them all casual. And I explained that to every girl I slept with. I said, I got a girlfriend, like this is just going to be casual. And after a while you go like, well, that means that I have to stop seeing them after a certain amount of time. Cause like, we'll probably get attached to each other and that affects you if you're not there. So we kind of both just moved to a point where we thought like, should we just only sleep with girls as a couple? And we tried that and we were like, yeah, that's way easier. Why did we not do this before? This is way easier.
0: And I love this analogy of why would you go to Disneyland without your partner? And I know not everyone's like that. And I'm a bit of a loner. I love doing things by myself. But for most people, I imagine that'd be really relatable. Like when you're having amazing experiences and then you're just sad because you're not sharing them with the most significant person in your life. Like that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird, it was a weird sort of feeling. Yeah. So in terms of what we get out of it, I think it feels like we're building something together. Yeah, sure. It also feels like, I guess you can say there's a world in which it was like inevitable. Cause I made it very clear early on. Like I'm not a monogamous person. I tried that for like eight years. It's just, it's not me. And I made that abundantly clear to you from like the very start. We had like a million conversations where I was like, look, if that's a deal breaker for you, I understand. Like, I'm not going to force you to do something you don't want to do, but, like, I think we had that conversation, like, within, like, the first month of seeing each other as well. And I'd already told you that I was seeing other girls from the very start. How was
0: so. that for you, Imi, in terms of this is what I'm into and and maybe, like, get, developing feelings for someone that is wants a non-standard kind of relationship? Because it's not standard. Like, we're not – I know that being open and being polyamorous um, are becoming more common. Um, and just for people listening, in case you just dropped into the podcast now and not – 20 episodes ago, um, an open relationship is just when you sleep with other people um, or one one or both of the partners sleeps with other people and polyamory, which I've already referred to, is having relationships, so romantic relationships with, with other people as well. And it sounds like you guys are more open, but it's still not, mm. it's not the standard model for relationships. Monogamy is still the standard model. So how did it feel mm. having um, someone saying, hey, this is what I want to do?
2: I think that so... I guess for a bit of context, this was my very first relationship. Um, have five like, romantic
0: relationships. This is great. <laughs> yeah. first, first go and you're non-monogamous, like, good fucking on you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Andy and I have
2: this joke that we, just as I think as people, like to play on hard mode, like everything, <laughs> we kind of like to make everything a little bit difficult for ourselves. Challenging. So then the victory is, yeah. Yeah, so might. we can say we did it, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's sort of what it was um in this case so when Andy first kind of said this to me it wasn't obviously it wasn't a big deal because it was casual it was like there's no expectations no commitment like that's fine you do what you do and obviously once i started getting feelings it was actually something that i was very very averse to because mm, at the start i did have a lot of fear around rejection and mm, attachment. That's and tough. All that stuff um, because I had some stuff with my parents and that did mean that adding that kind of extra element of it being an open relationship, it made it a whole lot more complex. and Scary stuff if you don't feel secure. Mm. Yeah, absolutely because at that point in time, I think we mentioned but my boundaries weren't very strong and I had a hard time speaking up for myself. My self-esteem wasn't great. So it has really been like a very lengthy and in-depth process of me kind of building up that confidence and that ability to ask for what I want. So obviously at the time when Andy mentioned it, um, it, it wasn't a big deal, but it's had to be something. It has had to be something that we've talked through in great depth. And I think you asked before what, was, like, what are some of the benefits, like, I guess the positives of having an open relationship. It has brought us, like, I guess a level of closeness that I'm not sure how else you could get, like, the, the amount of vulnerability and honesty mm. and just communication that was in making to. this work. Because you have to. You just have to talk about Comment it. Good, or god. Yeah. all going the wheels are going to yeah. fall off. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if, You know, if you logged the hours that we would had conversations around this stuff, you know, getting to hundreds of hours of just.
1: Hundreds of hours. It would be like hundreds of thousands of
2: hours. (laughs) Um, About talking about it. So there is that closeness. I mean, I even had, um, I'm quite open with my mum actually, and I had a conversation with her and she knows that I see, like we see girls together as a couple. Oh, that's lovely. And I actually. (laughs) Her
1: mum is absolutely lovely. Yeah, I love her mum to bits.
2: Very open-minded. And at the start. Um, I had actually told her that it wasn't like it was just like generally open like Andy was seeing other girls but I think she was a lot more reassured by the fact that we then started seeing girls as a couple and we even had that conversation where she said like in any relationship there's going to be jealousy Right
0: regardless of whether insecurity. you're open or not Yeah,
2: Yeah and so like the conversation she had with me is like as long as you're happy like cause I was kind of talking about some struggles that we'd been having and my insecurity around it all. And she had even said like, regardless of like what sort of relationship it is that you're having, there is going to be that, I guess that fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, the, the jealousy thing being a really big one. So I think having gone through all of this and worked through all of this, being in an open relationship has brought like a level of closeness that I'm not sure how else,
0: yet we would have really gotten that. It kind of feels like being kinky. So to be kinky, you have to have this level of communication to to be safe that is massive. And it actually spills over, I find, into your regular life. You become really good at communicating and finding your boundaries and calling safe words, even with normal non-kinky stuff. And I feel like Mm -hmm. open relationships are maybe a similar thing. You just need to know, learn, learn how to talk, Oh, uh, you need to get there somehow because if you don't, it's just not going to work in the long term.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: So maybe playing life on hard mode has actually been a really awesome thing in terms of getting those skills up to speed really quick. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Let me look at my list of questions because I, I, we didn't even get past the second.
1: <laughs> the rest of your questions are so good too. I want to get to the rest. Okay. The ones about like couples privilege and like how do we make sure girls have fun and stuff like that.
0: Oh, so this one's for Andy and this is, (laughs) you're such a smart ass. Okay. This is, this is about the inner winner show, right? So you, you do a podcast that's about sex and it's mostly for guys, right?
1: I'd say mostly. Yeah. I've had a few female listeners and I've done a couple of episodes like answering their questions and stuff. Yeah. but A
0: lot of blokes. And I'm curious to know whether you talk to a lot of guys who are in open relationships or who want to be in open relationships. Um, like does that come up a lot for the people who listen to you and the people who read your stuff?
1: So obviously like the way you you would know this as well from your stuff, like people kind of gravitate towards you and, and people who are interested in your topics will obviously be part of your audience. So yeah, I get a lot of guys who who do hit me up saying like, hey, can you help me with an open relationship or I want to start one or, you know, X, Y, Z. But surprisingly, that's still only I'm going to say like, maybe 40% of my audience Mm. and 60% and they're so adorable. I'm being patronizing, whatever. They're so adorable with how they say it. Like they'll, they'll jump on a coaching call with me. Right. And they'll sit down and they'll be like, look, and they'll say it really sheepishly. Like, Hey Andy, like, um, I just want to let you know that like, um, maybe I, I kind of don't want to do like the stuff that you've done. Like, and um, I just want to know if that's okay. And I'm like, dude, I don't care. Like, we're going to sit here and get you to your goals. <laughs> like if you want a monogamous relationship, like guys who say like, I just want marriage and like five kids in a house. And I'm like, yeah, they're great. That's like really, but th- yeah, but they kind of have this weird notion of like, oh, but if I'm not doing what Andy's doing, then I'm a loser. So I, oh. I think especially for males, they look at like open relationships and, and us having threesomes and they go, oh my God, I'm inferior if I'm not doing that. And then I say, well, do you want to do that? And they'll be like, well, not really, but I'm still inferior. And it's like, no, dude, come on, like do what <laughs> you want to do. It me
0: off. And it's like the yeah. more hardcore than now stuff, like and it's the same with kink. People will come in or I'll talk to people or pick up people and go, Hey, I'm kinky, what are you into? And they're like, Oh, no, I'm not really I'm not really into that, like, you you know, you'd be way kinkier than me. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm only into spanking and bondage and a bit of, like, blindfold play and maybe some dirty talk. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're so kinky. And they're like, no, no, I'm not. I'm real. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. this competition. Like, they feel like yeah. they have to be more hardcore or they're not as good. And the same with open relationships and polyamory. Like, it's not a bloody Um, you know there's no prize for being in an open relationship having threesomes all the time does not make you James Bond. like if if it's what you want to do do it but if you if it's not what you want to do it doesn't mean that I don't know this whole idea that being vanilla is is less isn't as good is bullshit because that's what makes a lot of people happy like you said Mm. So, yeah, I feel mm-hmm. you on that one and, like, I don't know who decided to tell dudes that the more people they sleep with, the the She's better they are or the more chicks they sleep with at once, the better they are. It's just so much bullshit.
1: I think it's just because it's a challenge and like I feel like there is value in that. If you're starting at the very beginning mm. and you improve yourself to a point and you get more confident, you can talk to women, you get experienced, and then you start sleeping with some people cool, like great, you've definitely achieved something there. But up to a point, like
0: But you don't keep pushing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I kind of have to I kinda of have to jump in and go, I actually think sometimes it's not even People are like, oh, I need to improve myself in order to get laid. And that means I need to look conventionally attractive and I need to learn how to talk to chicks confidently. Sometimes it's more just a matter of working with your stuff. Mm. Like we don't need to crush all of our flaws out of this in order to find people that find us sexy, you know, sorry. I around. absolutely
1: agree with you on that. Like, so, so I'm obviously going to push self-improvement way more. Like that, that's just my whole shtick, right? Whatever
0: that may be. But, right? but I
1: do agree with you. And this is a point that I bring up all the time where I'm like, please don't think you have to be perfect. Like, please, like, and then I'll I'll lay out all my flaws and people say, wait, you have all those like neuroses and insecurities and you're still sleeping with other women. And you're like, yes. Like, at what point did I say you have to be perfect?
0: But it's easy to assume listening to you because you talk quite confidently that, yeah, Andy's got it all worked out. And me too, like, I'm really good at sounding confident. I have like crushing social anxiety, like really bad. Sometimes I I just can't go Mm -hmm. to parties. It's pretty full on. And I've had to work with that stuff. We've all got that, that stuff going on again, we've just completely digressed from our questions, but that's totally fine. Oh yeah. So guys that, guys that maybe do want to be in open relationships. Um, so say you get, you get some guys through that genuinely want this. They don't just want it because they think they'll get a medal of honor, but guys who actually go, I think maybe I work better when I'm non-monogamous. Like what's, what sort of advice do you give to them?
1: Be honest, honestly, first thing, honest with yourself and admit that you actually want this. And and that is the first step because as soon as you admit that you want this you'll actually try and get it too many guys that i see they're like i want an open relationship but they don't tell that to any of the women that they date they'll just go for default monogamy and then sit there and kind of build resentment and go yeah and go why is why is she locking me down it's like she didn't do anything what do you mean you never at any point said hey i would like to have an open relationship exactly and then the second thing (laughs) i'll say is like honesty as early as possible i have an article called honesty is an ideal you work towards and I give a bit of leeway mm-hmm. and I say like, look, I get that it's very easy for me to just straight up be honest the first time I meet someone. I wasn't like that at the start, though. I had to build it up.
0: It's yeah, tough. it's
1: something you have to practice and, and you, you do it earlier and earlier. So maybe the first time you sleep with someone, you say it, you, you try and do it as early as you can, but maybe you can't do it until you've already slept together. You just, you try, you try, you try, but you can't say, I want an open relationship. And then finally you blurt it out when you're in bed afterwards. Okay, that's not perfect, but like good job. That is way better than you just not saying anything. Then maybe, the, yeah. Them. Then the next time, okay. Try saying it on the date. Good job. That's even better. Then try saying it on Tinder or when you meet in a bar or wherever you meet. Then try saying it as like one of your first messages, like like.
0: Then put it in your bio. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. Yes.
0: Last yes. Step. That's in our Tinder bio. Yep. In both
1: of our Tinder buyers, we have that.
0: This reminds me of another classic open relationship like furfy that I've that I've copped a number of times. The one where you um, pick up a dude. Take him home, fuck him, lying in bed afterwards. He's like, oh, by the way, I just need to let you know that I have a girlfriend. <laughs> and it's like the, the he like they try to do the right thing, like you said, that's a really good reframe. Like he's trying to he's trying to bring it up and let you know. The right time to bring that up is on yeah. the first date before you fuck yeah. someone, because some people aren't going to be down for that. But but like you've sort of reframed that for me, like rather than being super judgy, it's kind of like. They're trying and maybe they didn't get exactly right. It's a hell of a lot better than not mentioning their partner at all. And then just dating you a few more times.
1: For those guys, I give them a pat on the back. I'm like, good job, dude. But like next time you have to do it like on the date, like you got to do it on the date. Yeah, exactly. 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 Because I think most people are good people. A lot of people listening to this might be like, what an asshole!" like waiting to... And like, yes, I-, I get that side of things, of course, of course. But like the way that you make this better is by encouraging people, not saying like, dude, you're an right. asshole." because now he'll just keep it a no, secret no. forever. And I do
0: believe that most people are trying to do the right yes. thing and kind of struggling their way along with absolutely mm-hmm. no guidance or support from the outside world especially when it comes to this <laughs> stuff like your mom and dad never pat you on the back and go and just letting you know if you decide to have an open relationship and have threesomes <laughs> we fully support you and if you need any advice just come back yeah. to this man like we can have a man-to-man like no one says that stuff
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: although yeah, your mom sure. sounds amazing mm-hmm. you mean like that's pretty cool
2: yeah it's it's been something that She's a very like live and let live sort of person, um, so like if it makes you happy, that's what I'm kind of there for is her um, philosophy on things. So like at mm-hmm. the start, I think I think any mother's gonna have a bit of a worry. I think there is that stereotype that like you know, young experienced girl is being like forced into this thing taken advantage wanna... of.
0: Yeah. yeah,, and
2: so she obviously had all those doubts, and I would come to her because I am pretty close with her about worries or insecurities or just when I like wasn't feeling very good. And yeah. she would get a bit worried, but she is always that sort of person where, you know, if you explain the situation to her, despite all of her personal like biases, obviously being my mother, she can still have a fairly objective opinion about things.
0: So good. So good. And like you said about sometimes we assume especially younger people are being taken advantage of like yeah i was taken advantage of when i was in my 20s sorry here i go again when i was young um (laughs) uh, you know yeah like bad shit happened to me but the way to fix that is not to tell the young person that they're not capable of making their own decisions yeah like the way to fix that is to listen to people and listen to women when they say this is what i want even if it's not what you think they should want you know right Mm -hmm. like we need to have our own Uh, be able to make our own choices, um, you know, make mistakes. If bad shit happens to us, we deserve to be supported regardless of whether we're having threesomes or doing kink or bungee jumping or whatever, right? Mm. Yeah. 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 And I think
2: it's always that framing it in the positive that makes it so much more approachable. Like the person is far more receptive when they're being encouraged and praised rather than punished. I mean, I think a good contrast to my mum at least was, my older sister, who's a lot older than me, she's, um, I think it was like a 15, 16 year age gap. And she was very, I hadn't told her much. All I was, all I'd really said to her was, I'm seeing this guy. It's like, he's seeing other people. I am too. And she immediately jumped on that and was very like, no, that's not okay. He's older than you. He's taking advantage of you. Never met Andy. It was this whole ordeal where I just basically complete withdrew because she wasn't being open-minded she wasn't being reasonable she was jumping to like a worst case you know disaster scenario making all of these assumptions so
1: and i'm such a nice boy what the hell
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you know we, we didn't know you then yes fair enough yeah but but you know like even if you had imagine if you had started dating someone who was abusive or who was manipulating you um like do you think you would have gone to your sister for help at that point if it had turned out later that her suspicions were right No, not at all. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah.
2: I think that that sort of approach to things, it doesn't. Even if I even if they're right, it's almost like now I can't admit that they were right because there's all of that like I guess guilt and shame or humiliation around Mm -hmm. like
0: making a bad decision. And they might just blame you and be like, I told you so, which is not what we need to hear if we're in an abusive relationship. It's not what we need (laughs) to hear if we've been sexually assaulted. We need to hear it's not your fault. And we're always I don't know. I made some very poor choices in partners uh, in the past, and I kind of feel like what I needed to hear was you were doing your best at the time, and it's not your fault. Like we just, you know, we just do our best to find the people that are right for us, and it takes us sometimes. It takes us a while to work out our groove. It's Mm -hmm. actually really cool to listen to you guys talking because it kind of feels like maybe you found your groove in this stuff a bit earlier than I found mine. It took me a long time to really get my head around um, open and poly stuff, even though I've been doing it most of my life. Hmm. yeah yeah thanks for sharing and like go your mum. what a bloody legend <laughs> so good so good um okay let's talk about the practicalities like uh maybe this might be one for andy maybe like where do you find your people and what's the process of like finding someone that you both like and picking them up like what's that like for you guys
1: this could be like a three-hour podcast so i'm gonna go right. super quick i'm gonna go super <laughs> quick i know you got a time limit. <laughs> so It used to be just girls that I met. So either in person that I would talk to, maybe at a cafe, maybe on the street, maybe at a bar or sometimes on Tinder. And then, as I said before, we're now at a point where we only see girls together. So Imogen on her Tinder, she has her Tinder set to looking for like bisexual girls. She says like in her bio, I'm in an open relationship. Um, You know, we're both into BDSM. We're both very good at teaching, like blah, blah, blah. And then the first message, you know, we send is like, you know, hey, I'm Imogen. have you ever experienced a threesome uh, BDSM dynamic? Is it something you'd like to explore? From there, we tend to go for girls who are a little less, exp- we kind of just attract girls who are a little less experienced with it. I think because we say we're good at t- we want to teach you. And we kind of like that dynamic of like mentoring, taking it slow, teaching someone, mm-hmm. introducing them, like giving them that nice first experience, I'd say. And so from there, and, and I do the same on my Tinder as well. I just have it, but like the gender is flipped, like the same sort of of bio and all that sort of stuff. Um,
0: Can I just add at this point, go. if I'm picking up couples on Tinder, I only talk to people where I'm talking to the chick first, because often if I start talking to the guy first, it turns out there is no partner or his partner doesn't know.
1: It's it no. Do you know what's hilarious? Like, yeah, we found ever since we started using Imogen's Tinder, like it does, you you do get like less flakes for sure.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. by talking to the, and this is the best advice one of my mentors ever gave me about threesomes. Um, she said, make friends with the woman first. I've sort of revised it since to be like, make friends with the underdog first. So in the couple, whoever's the most likely to be insecure or the less, least experienced person, they're the ones you need to take the most care of. And then the person in the middle kind of takes care of themselves. So Mm -hmm. when I meet a couple, I'll I'll size you up and decide, (laughs) I'll decide who, who is the most likely to feel threatened or insecure or who might need the most care. And then that person will be the first person I start sort of getting a connection with often it's, if it's a MFF threesome, so male, female, female, it's the, it's the wife or girlfriend that is the least secure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, of course. And that's something that we've talked through a billion times. And, and yeah, we have like, I could tell you like the logistics, we have like little codes that we give each other if she's ever <gasps> feeling like left out and stuff like that. You we can't have like share, little-
0: can you? Because someone might listen and then they'd know if they went on a date with you.
1: One of the girls we're seeing might listen, maybe. She wouldn't care. We've talked to her about all this stuff. We had her on our podcast a couple of times. Um, Love
0: it. Tell us your codes.
1: So it's like she will look at me and she gives me this look, but like if I can't see her, she squeezes my hand in a very particular way and it's like immediately like that's like, I don't know, if you want to use the codes like what you do, that would be like what, a yellow light? And so then it's like, hey, let's switch things up and like I'll pay attention to you, I'll reassure you. So
0: squeeze is kind of like, oh, actually not feeling great right now, I need a bit of extra attention. Yeah, and that only really
1: happens, like, if you're having a bad week or something, like, stuff like that will happen, or, like, yeah, there's, like, a million different things like that, and it's just been a process of us figuring out, like, how do I make sure I don't neglect both of you? Because I think that's something that a lot of threesomes, people, guys in threesomes especially, they're just like, I've got two girls, can I be crass on your podcast? Oh, my God, please, do. Okay, so he's like, I've got two girls, like, sucking my dick, and it's like, I mean, yes. But at the same time, remember that these are two people who are also exploring themselves.
0: When you're a couple picking up a third, there can be a little bit of a power thing go- yes. dynamic. And especially if you're picking up someone that hasn't had a threesome before. So yeah. you would have to have a much more experienced, secure position than this person, right? Yeah. What do you guys do to sort of help um, create some safety for these people?
1: one of the first questions we ask actually even on tinder is like how much experience have you had have you ever like you know played around with a girl before um what stuff have you tried what are you into like those kind of questions and then if it comes up like oh i've never done anything with a woman before i've never had a threesome i've never tried any kinks or anything like that or you know i've never done anything um at that point it's like okay we have to make it clear like we're gonna go really slow and almost like we're gonna go slower than you might want to yeah and One of the, I guess we can talk about, I'm going to assume you know which girl. The girl who like, as soon as she met you, she just blurted out. Oh my God, you're so pretty. Like that girl, Um, she's the best example. She is really pretty. (laughs) <laughs> that girl is the best example we'll just call her whatever we don't need a nickname but like she's the best example she had she was a complete virgin she'd i don't even think she'd kissed,
0: she kissed oh my kissed god anyone. i'd be terrified i've i've seen virgins at work and i'm i love it but it is it's scary stuff right you're you're handling something incredibly fragile
1: yeah, for sure. And so it's just about having 5 million conversations going like ridic- like stupidly slow and, and slowing it down. And that almost becomes fun. And I'm sure you would agree, like when you slow it down that much, because you kind of remember you, you're empathizing with the person you're saying, like, I remember when I was a virgin, I remember the feelings, like the emotions, like how the physical touch, like feelings that I never knew I could feel like You know, it's hot seeing them moan. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of like try and empathize, like, what would they be thinking right now? What would they be feeling? And we ask them a million questions. Like, how does that feel? Is that nice? And we kind of talk through what we're going to do. We'll say like, you know, do you want to try playing with Imogen's nipples? Do you want Imogen to play with yours? And we'll kind of try different things.
0: No surprises. Yeah which is a really good, the no surprises kind of principle is a really good principle with a new person anyway, because we have no idea what other people like. Yeah. So rather than just doing the thing going, do you like this? Because if they say no, you're kind of fucked at that mm. point. Um, yeah. To sort of say, here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah that's great. And, and just
1: going ridiculously slow, I'd say. And just like, that's probably the biggest thing. Just going like so slow and, and slowing it down to a point where like in the first hour, maybe all you've done is make out a little bit and undress
0: which is super hot, by the way, if you do it that slowly, undressing someone for an hour. (laughs) I'll try not to be
1: crass, but, like, I have to say when we go through those. You can be crass. When we we do that, when we meet a girl who's, like, very inexperienced, because I'm, like, not doing anything except just, like, gently guiding and mentoring and, and like, you get to a point where you're just like, oh, my God, I think I could freaking – Orgasm. I'm trying to be uncrasy. I think I could orgasm without I would doing just feel
0: anything. Like, Man, I could just nut yeah. in my pants. No, right you now. do.
1: You do. Yeah. You get to that point because you're just like this is. Gets so yeah, 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 yeah. Because you're like, oh my god, she's moaning, and all we've done is like kiss her neck.
0: So good, yeah. and and that's the best lesson to learn about sex at all. Really, that the best sex is slow. Um, and really well paced and really like focused it's not just bang 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 it's so good to have that experience yeah
1: Yeah, it can become like almost like a meditative experience like like an outer body experience almost or or maybe like an inner mind experience you know what i mean it's
0: very like tantra like like getting really mindful Mm -hmm. and really concentrating on like every single touch and going really slow getting into sort of a meditative state Mm -hmm. yep Mm -hmm. it's that's some good shit right there
2: (laughs) i mean coming back because i do think this is like I think a good thing to mention, I think one of the benefits of um, I guess there being three people is that particularly with really, really inexperienced girls, this is something we do a lot, but you almost have
0: like a demo partner, if that makes sense. This is true. applies to kink too. How good is it being able to demonstrate a kink thing on someone (laughs) so that the new person can see what it looks like? Yeah. Yeah, so there's lots of variations on that. Like I think for the girl that had never kissed anyone before,
2: she was really nervous about even kissing um, Andy would like demonstrate by like kissing me and like showing what that was like and like watching it happen because she was very afraid of like doing a good job. And so just having like, yeah. here is like how we do it. Like here's this, like, it's not that hard. It's this yeah. like, nice thing. And then I think as we Love kind it. of progress further along, um, if it's like, for example, like her going down on me, if she's nervous about that, it would be Andy showing her first. And sometimes it's like,
1: I kind of get down there with her as well. Like I'll be like, both of us will be like between your legs and I'll.
0: And here's the bits. Yeah. Like literally. For. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. Like, man, I lost my virginity with a gay man just to put some context around this. So you can kind have of Have you talked about how. this
1: story on a podcast? If so, I need to go no, listen to it.
0: I don't think I have. It, we only discovered afterwards that he was gay. Okay. It was my high school boyfriend. Very gay. Very gay. <laughs> not The sex was not great. And now I'm like, man, I could have been having losing my virginity with a couple that was showing me how to go down on a, on a lady. It took me years to work out that shit. <laughs> so jealous. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. And just being able to have someone walk you through it without having to demo on you because yeah. that kind of – if when sometimes when we're inexperienced we're not sure what we like yeah. and we don't know until we try but also once you start trying you might find out you don't like it so you're putting yourself in a tricky situation but getting to see that happening to someone else can be really useful yeah
1: and i think also making it clear that we don't expect perfection that's something we say probably like 50 times like while we're having sex is like you don't have to be perfect you like you're going to be bad at this that's fine like you won't know what you're doing and and sometimes you get surprised like some girls have gone, like girls that have never played with a girl before will go down on you and you'll be like, holy crap, like how do you know what you're doing? Why are you so good at this? And she'll be like, I don't know, I'm just trying to guess. <laughs> like one of the girls that we're seeing that we've had on our podcast, she mm. did a really good job the first time.
2: Yeah, it was her first time, yeah, going down on a girl and it was like great. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah.
1: She's a little <laughs> sweetie.
0: Bless. That's lovely. And to turn it around, like I guess to turn it on its head too, so you've talked about um, helping people people that might be less experienced feel safe and walking in through things slowly. I guess the same applies to you guys, right? Like even though you might be more experienced or a bit more secure, I imagine when you meet someone for the first time, it is nerve-wracking and that maybe there are certain things you need from them mm-hmm. in order to make it a good experience. Like what, what do you look for in your partners and what do you need from the people you hook up with to make it a safe and enjoyable experience for both of you?
1: Do you want to answer or you want me to?
0: Um, I think a big one
2: for us is them just being communicative. Mm -hmm. And obviously for girls that are really shy and nervous, we have to draw that out of them a little bit because they don't want to say much. But I think what's not enjoyable for us, and we've talked about this before, like some girls, which is fine, but some girls are naturally just like very, very quiet. Like they don't say anything during sex. Like they don't like, they're just naturally like they're shy. They don't want to talk very much. But I think for us, we are probably less attracted to that because it is quite hard, particularly if they are inexperienced, they are quiet. it almost feels as if you're work- walking on eggshells because you're not sure yeah, if you're yeah. having a good time Edgy. and the yep. whole time you're like holding back and checking and testing and you can't quite Anxious. relax Yeah, because you're not sure if they're enjoying themselves. And obviously it's no fun if like the people that you're playing with aren't having fun as well. Like that's the whole, mm. that's part of the best, like the best bit of sex is everyone's having a great time. And mm. if you don't know if that's the case, them not telling you or having to pry it out of them does become really difficult. So I think that's why we do find it's quite important. Like if we go on, like when we first meet a girl and we go to a bar or we go and basically just sit down and have a chat, they need to at least be able to talk to us. So we know that like in the bedroom, like where it's even more crucial, like they're going to at least be
0: able to tell us what they do and don't like.
1: Yeah. It's like, we have to be able to trust them.
0: Yeah. And you tr- like we talked about um, in your podcast, Andy, we have or was it in the podcast or was it the two-hour long chat we had before that? Can't remember. Anyway, that the, the people, uh, we need to know that someone can say no. Yep. We need to build that trust up with someone that they can say no. I kind of like, I'm a, I'm a bit bizarre, so I'll literally go to a sex club or a swingers club, find some people I really like, and they're really, you know, check in with them. Hey, you guys are hot. Do you want to get it on? Should we go upstairs? And then I'll be like, oh, just wait a second, though. I use the traffic light safe word system. Are you familiar with that? Because I won't fuck you unless you can do that. <laughs> and they're like, what? And then I have to explain it to them. So green, orange, red. And then I'm like, uh, you know, do you understand? And they're like, yep, yep. And I'm like, so what are the colors? And then we have to go through the colors. I'm like, unless I know you can say those words, I, I, I just don't feel comfortable fucking someone because... I'm just afraid I'm going to do something they don't like and they won't say anything and then I'll feel like such a shit cunt yeah. to use a <laughs> the Australian vernacular. Uh yeah, so I'm actually quite I don't find people that can't speak up for themselves I tend to find kind of unattractive and I won't I won't bang them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: we've we've only had two girls like that and like we had conversations afterwards and said like hey like because we were having conversations during it. Like 50 times or so. I can remember one in particular, the really short girl. It's like 10 or so times. I had to say, like, are you enjoying this? Because she would kind of like close her eyes and wince And like, Ooh. but that was just part of how she would like be in pleasure. Yeah. And she would do that for everything. If you sucked on her nipple she would look like she was wincing. And so, like, you have to keep asking, like, you sure you're enjoying this? Cause your face <laughs> says that you're not. Like, and she would just, she wouldn't talk to you during sex. Like, even if you said, Are you enjoying this? Mm. She wouldn't answer. And so, like. You're not going to keep going because that's really weird if if she's like literally not answering your question. Yeah. So you stop and then you kind of be like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. And then you're like, are you enjoying this? Mm -hmm. And she'd be like, yeah, I am. And I'd be like... Okay, but it didn't look like you were. Like, why why are you wincing and quiet and you didn't answer me? We had to stop for like thirty seconds before you came back to reality. And I think she I don't know if she's in like subspace if if people know what that is, or but like it would happen all the time.
0: Slowing down. Yeah,
1: even if you just sucked yeah. on her nipples. And so you would have a conversation afterwards and be like, Look, hey, you gotta like tell me if you're having fun and stuff. And she'd said, like, well, I I'm just always quiet during sex. And so I think nothing against her, but that's just kind of not what we like, the dynamic we like, the communication style
0: it kind of raises an issue that's like a, it's a real issue. It's like, we always talk about like enth- enthusiastic consent. Like you want to be hearing an enthusiastic yes from people, but actually what I've heard from a lot of people is that a lot of folks out there don't do that. Um, and it can be really hard. Like a lot of folks out there don't want to say, yes, I'm enjoying this because they're too embarrassed or um, we'll just go full. Uh, we'll freeze up if they're about to come stuff like yeah. that. And I've had to do a lot of retraining, of people to get them to speak. Mm. And I kind of think that's a thing we shouldn't gloss over. Like we can't just say, make sure you do enthusiastic consent with everyone you sleep with um, without acknowledging that that's going to mean you're going to need to work kind of hard with a lot of people to get that out of them because sometimes we just, they just don't know how to communicate.
1: And it's funny you talk about this stuff. This isn't something I've actively ever like done. I've never thought like, oh, I got to get people to like be enthusiastic, but it's something that we've done without meaning to because it's hot as hell. Like, we both like someone... Well, you need that, right? It, I don't want to keep... You need the feedback. Yeah, I don't want to keep going if you just all of a sudden clam up.
0: This is why I hate guys saying, is that okay? Like, mid-sex, they look down and they're like, is that okay? And I'm like, wow, is that your bar? Is yeah, okay. I okay. know, I know, If I, know, I say, I yes, it's okay, are you going to keep going? Because yeah. if someone said to me, this sex is just okay, I would stop. I'd yeah. be like, go, off you go. Like, clearly this isn't what we're... We've, you know. we've
1: had this conversation with girls that we've taught, like, to explore anal with, and we've made that really clear to them. Like, at no point is this supposed to be even okay or uncomfortable or anything like that. This is supposed to feel really good for you. Right. Yeah. If this doesn't feel yeah. really good, then like, what is the point? And so you kind of have to like raise that bar. And, and the same with like getting that feedback. If you say, like, you try and get, instead of like, does this feel okay? You say, like, tell me how good this feels. Is this hot? Like, do you like, like that? What kind can
0: of- I do better? Yeah. 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 Getting yeah.
1: that kind of like really enthusiastic, yeah. just because that's, I wouldn't even say, I, I know what you're saying. It's like a consent thing. For me, it's like, how do you have sex without that? How do you have it's sex if sex you're just thing. quiet? Like-
0: and it kind of sucks because I feel like we've, a lot of us have been raised to think that any sex is good sex.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. so
0: even if we're having mediocre sex or sex is a bit painful or sex we're not sure if we want to be having, we are like, oh, but it's better than if I were just sitting at home. But actually it's not mediocre sex. I'd rather be watching Netflix. Yeah. Like I want to be having the awesome sex and the rest of the time I'll go have a sandwich and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think the bar is kind of low, isn't it? It's kind of, there's that meme that people put, I've seen it before where they say like, doesn't matter had sex. And so it's like, you know, even if it's like the worst sex ever, it's like, doesn't matter. I got laid. And it's like, I get the sentiments of where you're coming from, but that you can't be like, that shouldn't be acceptable like
0: no we're striving for more right because we're playing life on hard mode motherfuckers yeah Yeah. like this is how we do it and that means good sex whatever that means to you whether it's sex with your wife of 10 years or whether it's an awesome threesome yeah you want it you want the bar to be high yeah
1: we could get into i know it's too late now but we could have gotten into a huge conversation about why people are so like lazy and complacent and they just want like to go with like okay oh my god status quo that's
0: that's do a podcast about mediocre sex one day and I'll share all my mediocre sex stories because, <laughs> okay, man, yeah. I went through so much mediocre sex to get to the good sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there any last parting advice? If each of you, um, if a friend came up and went, I'm thinking of having my first threesome or I'm thinking of uh, going out with my partner so we can hook up together and have a threesome, what's the, just the first piece of advice that would be out of your mouths?
2: You go. It's
0: probably just talk about it, and then once
2: you think you've talked about enough, talk about it some more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just because it's, everything's a lot easier in theory, and in practice, I think this is the sort of thing that you don't – like, It's the world's not going to end if you fuck it up, and there's that to acknowledge as well, yeah. but it's the sort mm-hmm. of thing that you'd really, if at all possible, try and do everything you can so it goes well because – Do your best. Yeah. There's a lot of – I think particularly for – I'd say it's even harder for people that are already in a relationship and they have been for a while and this is something they want to try. I think if it's something you've never done before, really think about what that would actually be like beyond like a sexual fantasy.
0: Beyond porn mm-hmm. because real threesomes aren't like porn, like what it might actually be like.
1: It looks like porn, but it's like it's way, it's way better. I, I guess the advice <laughs> that I will give... I'll give advice, put it this way, to my audience because I'm going to share this podcast with them and I know there'll be a bunch of my guys watching this. So here you go, guys. If you're watching this and you're thinking like, oh, I'd like to have my first threesome, maybe with your girlfriend or a girl that you're seeing or just a casual, you know, friends with benefits or whatever, the bit of advice I would give is please, for God's sakes, and I always give actionable advice, please, for God's sakes, set aside like five or six hours for this thing. Like, please don't (laughs) rush it. And and I'm saying that because it is so much fun, but you also want to feel like there's going to be so many things that come up when you do it for the first time. Like a million things will come up. Like, oh my God, this is hot. Oh my God. I never even thought the two of them could do this. Or, oh my God, sometimes even some weird jealousy will come up if you're in an established relationship. We've talked about that before on our podcast. Just set aside a lot of time so that you can take the whole thing like, I'm not saying like be slow and you know careful or anything like I'm not saying walk on eggshells but give yourself enough time that you don't feel like you're rushing into it. The worst thing you could do mm. for your first threesome is rush it because you're not really giving each other the attention that you want to give. You're not going to be able to explore all the things you want to give. You're not going to be able to slow it down. You're going to be too like hyperactive and and I feel like you won't enjoy it as much and there's a less. There's a greater chance that all three of you will enjoy if you take a lot of time to really like slow it down, take your time, explore everything you want to explore because there's a million things in a threesome that are fun, like a million different positions, a million different things that you never would have thought about. Like what is it like to watch two girls kiss each other? It's like especially two girls that you care about or that you like. That That's very different to porn, as you said. It doesn't feel like porn at
0: all, mm. at all. It sounds like the same principles as losing your virginity like losing your threesome virginity go really slow yeah. like slower than you think you even would want to go yep. try you know try everything really slowly mm-hmm. talk about it before doing it that stuff yeah. yeah yeah give
1: yourself that opportunity to try everything yeah
0: I'd kind of add too. like I feel like a lot of people who have threesomes feel like they need to um do it all in one yes session. whereas I'm like no nah, man like you know go watch your a girlfriend make out with another chick and then call it quits and go home and debrief then the yep. next time yep. maybe just do a bit of foreplay uh and then go home and talk about it like don't feel like you need to rush straight to everyone comes uh in the first session that, that was know? something
1: a mistake we made and fair enough i just didn't know any better we i wouldn't even say a mistake but that because it was fun but we had the first time we had a threesome was like we started at like 8 p.m or 9 p.m or something and we didn't finish till like five in the next morning like there was like, people were sleeping, like for a lot of it, my penis didn't even work anymore. And just like, yeah, it was like a very, cause I had this feeling of like fear of missing out. I'll never get to do this again. I have to do it all right now. And so, oh
0: my God. Yeah. This is never going to happen. Yeah. Again, so I yeah. have to make sure I take this was it a fluke. That sounds kind I don't of deserve tiring, this dude. again.
1: Yeah. So I say that to people, if you're having a threesome, like if you've had it once, I promise you, you will have it again. Like calm down, slow mm-hmm. down. Don't feel like you have to just get it all out of your system because you don't deserve this or uh, something like that if you've done it once and you it doesn't
0: need it. to be perfect yep. because yep. you'll have another you'll have another crack at it so to speak it's all like you can afford to go slowly and if yep. you don't yeah yeah totally yeah thank you for kind of like just being honest about your relationship and your experiences like i really appreciate you sharing that stuff no thank you yeah, for having for us having on us um just uh before we finish up did you want to let us know where listeners can find you if they want to check out any of your stuff
1: so whenever i answer this question i like to give a specific article or two rather than just say like go listen to my podcast so i think ones that would be relevant is the first one is how to have a threesome Uh, i've wrote a whole guide on that so you can probably just go start there and i'll give you these links after the call and then the second one pop
0: them in the show notes
1: groovy and then the second one would be it's you and me And the whole point of that article is talking about you want to be on the same team as people that you're dating. Like it's you and me together rather than, you know, you versus me.
0: Yep. Yep. I fucking love it. So good. Best dating advice ever. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. You're legends. Really appreciate it. So are you. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I hope it's been as good for you as it's been for us. If you want to learn more about ethical hookups, why not read my book? Check out artofthehookup.com, for more information. Please share this podcast with anyone you think might benefit from hearing this stuff. Spread the word as well as the love, and let's make the world of hookups a better place.